This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Weather permitting, it is. The Mets and Nationals later tonight as the 2022 season begins. No Jacob deGrom, no Max Scherzer, not right away. Not even Chris Bassett or Carrasco or Walker. It's one-time eighth-round draft pick Tyler McGill becoming the most unlikely Mets opening day starter ever. But hey, deGrom was a one-time ninth-round pick. McGill, in the eyes of the scouts, a better bet. Oh, well, that's a stretch. Little-known fact, last year McGill was an opening day starter on the road as well, albeit the road team was the Akron Rubber Ducks and the attendance at Canal Park in Ohio was 2,300. For what it's worth, McGill went five two-hit innings, striking out 10. I'm putting out all the positivity I can because this is opening day, and this is Mets in the Morning. Mets in the Morning. Mets in the morning, oh yeah, Mets in the morning, gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing now, here's Josh Lewin, Rain or shine, this is exciting, a dawn of a new season with no COVID restrictions, no lockout, a roster bursting with star power, expected to contend, I'm doing the Kevin Bacon dance from Footloose over here. Did you know, supposedly, whenever Kevin Bacon attends a wedding, he reportedly bribes the DJ at least 20 bucks to not play this title song from Footloose, because whenever that song is played, inevitably, a circle forms around Kevin Bacon, and they expect him to dance. Also, did you know that when that movie first came out, and I saw it in college, I really thought they were singing, Everybody Cut One Loose. Not everybody cut Footloose. I was the only one laughing out loud and wondering, how does everyone else not think this is funny? Got a title song all about farting. I was wrong. Josh Lewin with you. I do know the lyrics now, and I know a lot of you are bothered by the fact it is Tyler McGill and not DeGrom or Scherzer getting the ball on opening day. An opening day that will now be opening night because the Nats have moved the scheduled first pitch from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. because of weather. There's a lot of noise from the marching band of pessimism. We need the quiet, pleasant piccolo of wisdom, which I can provide. Tyler McGill is maybe the most unlikely opening day pitcher the Mets have ever had. Uh, not even 90 career big league innings under his belt. Speaking of belts, really big ones, Bartolo Colon started opening day at Washington in a pinch, Back in 2015, that is a year that uh, began with the daunting task of having your number four starter matched against, of all people, Max Scherzer. Cologne pitched well. The Mets broke through on a drop pop-up by Ian Desmond and a huge two-run single by Lucas Duda. The save went to 37-year-old Buddy Carlisle when Henry Mejia couldn't get loose in the bullpen. First ever Major League save for veteran vagabond Buddy Carlisle. Cologne over Scherzer. Yada, 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 the Mets win the National League pennant. Big picture, the Mets do have a lot to worry about in their own division here before thinking about a pennant. Atlanta is a defending World Series champion, and as much of a blow as it was for them to lose Freddie Freeman, a very smooth pivot to get Matt Olson to come in. One problem for the ATL, 
you've got Acuna projected to miss April and part of May. They've got an injured ace of their own. Mike Soroka hasn't pitched since 2020. He'll be back around the same time Jacob, uh, Jacob DeGrom comes back for the Mets. Meantime, Philly's going to compete as well. Hard to believe this is already Bryce Harper's fourth season with the Phillies now. He's got nine more years left on his contract. They haven't made the playoffs since 2011, but it's not Bryce's fault. He was MVP last year. Now they've got reinforcements for him, getting Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos in there. Even the Marlins don't figure to be pushovers. Great young rotation, fronted by the Rookie of the Year runner-up Trevor Rogers. They've got Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez. They're not going to score tons of runs, but they bring in World Series MVP Jorge Soler to help out a little bit. Going to be a fascinating division, fascinating year. I did not mention Washington in that preview. I don't think they're that good. Changes do abound. And just to review, we've got a universal designated hitter now. Postseason expanding from 10 teams to 12. End of season tiebreaker games eliminated. Instead, a whole series of tiebreakers used to decide things kind of like in football. Double headers back to nine innings. No more seven innings stuff. But you still, uh, still do have the ghost runners for now in extra innings. And player uniforms might end up having advertising for the first time. Very small advertising, but advertising nonetheless. New managers are in dugouts. We know that Buck Showalter has replaced Luis Rojas. The Cardinals now have Oliver Marmol, having replaced Mike Schilt. The A's have Mark Kotze instead of Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin's now in San Diego, replacing Jace Tingler. We're going to have some new Hall of Famers this summer. Cooperstown welcoming Gil Hodges, which is wonderful. Also Big Poppy, then Jim Cott. Minnie Minoso, Tony Oliva, so we've got that to look forward to. We look forward to the Mets' home opener a week from tomorrow. Of course, the road opener later today if the weather cooperates. Yesterday, we ran through the Mets' roster of hitters. We're going to do pitchers today. We thought you'd like to hear a very quick snippet of a long-form interview we'll run later on this spring with Tyler McGill. Not every day your number six starter gets the ball on opening day. Tyler talked about modeling his game after, of all people, Adam Wainwright. Adam, he's one of my favorite pitchers growing up. I'm, as a kid, Pujols and uh, Yadier and Wainwright were like my favorite players. I was like a big into the Cardinals when I was a kid. I mean, so, yeah, growing up, those were like big, big part of my childhood and players that I liked watching too. Forgive him, forgive him. I was even trying to cut him off in that conversation. He's only 26. He knows not of what he speaks. He was 10 years old when he watched Wainwright and Yachty break the hearts of Mets fans far and wide. But for what it's worth, I see it. Same body type as Wainwright. And had Carlos Beltran not been dragged under the wheels of that Astros trash can investigation, Beltran would have been Tyler McGill's manager right now. But Go get him, Tyler McGill. Here is the alphabetical listing, meantime, in the Mets pitching staff that will be around in Washington this weekend. Let's start with number 40, six foot five, 217 pound, 33 year old right hander from Clay, Ohio, Chris Bassett. Doesn't have the elite stuff of DeGrom or Scherzer, but he's a better bet to stay healthy during the course of six months. Could end up being the Mets' most effective pitcher. 27 starts last year. 3.15 ERA. It's 3.26 over the last three seasons. I would say that's a, a good prediction of where he might end up in his first National League season, about 3.2, 3.3. Number 59 in your game program, 6'4", 224 pounds, a 35-year-old right-hander from Venezuela, Carlos Carrasco. And the good news is 
Once he finally got going last year, he had above average location of a full arsenal. He threw four pitches over 10% of the time last year. A varying combination of shapes and speeds and locations. It should have been better than an ERA of six. Kind of like Jeff McNeil's hitting last year. Should have been better on paper than it looked close up. He's a very important piece this year, is Cookie. Meantime, number 48, 6'4", 180-pound, 33-year-old righty from Delanda, Florida, currently injured, Jacob DeGrom. Speaking of important pieces, get well soon. Jake's been toying with hitters thanks to that 100-mile-an-hour fastball, the slider, the bat-missing changeup, the really good curveball that he rarely even needs. Last four years, ERA of 1.9. That's a better than a half a run better than any other starter during that time. If you take the leap of faith that he can actually be on the mound, there's no reason to think he won't dominate again. Number 39, a 6'3", 165-pound, a 28-year-old right-hander from Puerto Rico, Edwin Diaz, a Mets closer, had the midseason slump. He had the three straight blown saves at one point last year, but overall, he was solid. 3.45 ERA, 32 saves, fastball getting up there at 99 miles an hour. Wearing number 67, 6'4", 225-pound, 32-year-old right-hander from Shreveport, Louisiana, Seth Lugo. Missed the first two months of last year because he had the surgery to remove a bone spur from his right elbow. Once he got out there, 3.5 ERA. Take away one crappy weekend in Pittsburgh, it would have been a 1.98 ERA. And on five occasions, he pitched more than one inning. Bet you there's a lot more of that kind of thing in 22. Number 65, 6'5", six 240-pound, 32-year-old right-hander from Longview, Washington, Trevor May. Came in last year on a two-year deal, got into 68 games and pitched to a Seth Lugo-like ERA of 3.59. Strikeout rate and whip percentage ranking in the 90th percentiles last year. Gives up a, a home run here and there, but uh, he's a gamer. Does not get scared like that guy. Wearing number 38, Six foot seven, 230-pound, 26-year-old righty from Long Beach, California. We talked about him. He'll be on the mound tonight. Tyler McGill, the opening day, now opening night starter. Last year, 4.52 ERA, 99 strikeouts in 89 innings for the guy his teammates call Big Drip. He was also the last Mets pitcher ever to get a base hit. Ripped a double up the gap in Atlanta last October. Wearing number zero, if indeed that's a number. Six foot five, 245-pound, 36-year-old right-hander from Brooklyn, Adam Ottavino. Mets essentially replacing Jairus Familia with this guy, who's in on a one-year contract worth about $4 million. 4.2 ERA last year for the Red Sox, getting in a 69 games, which is, uh, you know, nice. Uh, Brooklyn native, we mentioned, that certainly gives him a, a little bit of a leg up into the fan base. Had that big sweeper, that big horizontal slider that was his signature for forever. It's not all that anymore. Uh, he's north, south, east, west, kind of a little bit of everything now. Could be a, a big piece for the Mets in 22. Number 23. Six foot six inch, 240 pound, a 26 year old lefty from Denver, Colorado, David Peterson. Shut down for some minor surgery at the end of last July. 5.54 ERA last year after a 3.34 the year before. One time first rounder from the University of Oregon. 2.8 ERA at home last year, which did not go unnoticed. Number 61, 6'3, 230 pound, 26 year old right hander from Guam. Sean Reed Foley, fear the hyphen. 
His dad was in the Coast Guard and stationed in Guam when he was born. So that's the whole Guam thing. But actually, he grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. Former Toronto Blue Jay, he was Mr. Updown last year. Seven-round trips between the Mets and Syracuse last season. 5.2 ERA in New York, 2.3 in Central New York. Wearing number 30, Michael Conforto's old number. Six foot one, 200-pound, 30-year-old lefty from the Dominican, Joely Rodriguez swapped in for Miguel Castro from the Yankees just a few days ago. Got into 52 games combined for the Rangers and Yankees last year. 4.66 ERA was better for the Yankees at a 2.8 ERA in his 21 games there. Number 21, six foot three inch, 208 pound, 37 year old right-hander from St. Louis, Missouri. Three-time Cy Young Award winner. You might have heard of him. Mad Max. Max Scherzer. And let's remember how this all came down. I always remember the story about Warren Buffett and the largest ever purchase, a $26 billion acquisition of the Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad. And he was asked, why did he buy it? He said, because my dad never bought me a train set as a kid. And that reminds me of when Stephen Matt said no to Steve Cohen, or at least the agent said no to Steve Cohen. Uh, This is the train set that became the Burlington Northern for Steve Cohen. Uh, Fine. I don't get this guy. I don't get Steven Matz. I go get me an eight-time All-Star, three-time Cy Young Award winner. Last year, third in the National League Cy Young Award voting. Actually had the lowest ERA of his career, 2.46. He was 198 when he was a Dodger. Missed a few starts because of a groin issue. Had a couple smaller injuries down the stretch last year, but for the most part... He's been very good at staying on the field. If he and DeGrom avoid that injury bug, they might take the Mets to October all by themselves. Number 55 in your game program. 6'4", 180-pound, 31-year-old lefty from Vegas. Chasen Shreve signed a minor league deal with the Mets just last month. No stranger to City Field. He spent 2020 with the Mets. We weren't allowed in the ballpark then, so we never got to see him up close, but we saw him on TV. 3.96 ERA that season. Last year, even better with the Pirates at 3.2. Got into 180 games with the Yankees, 2015 through 2018. Rare lefty with a splitter, and a very good one at that when it's on. Number 62, coming out of the bullpen, 6'2", 190-pound, 28-year-old righty from Dallas, Texas, Drew Smith. Shoulder inflammation shortened his season last year, but he was effective when he was in there, 2.4 ERA. Fastball spin rate was 95th percentile, and he averaged 95 miles an hour with that four-seam fastball. Number 99, 6'4", 235-pound, 29-year-old righty from Yucaipa, California, Taiwan Walker. Bad second half last year, bad knee as well. Can he shake off the rust and pick back up where he left off around last 4th of July? Trivia question, who was the one Met who made it in the All-Star game last year in Denver? It was Taiwan Walker. Despite his year-end ERA of four and a half, it was in the twos before the All-Star break. It was up near seven after the All-Star break. And finally, we get to number 29, 6'3", 235-pound, 29-year-old righty from San Diego, California, Trevor Williams. Came in from the Cubs at the trade deadline, part of the Javi Baez deal. 3.06 ERA, and if you look back at championship teams over the last decade, a lot of those teams had someone very much like Trevor Williams, kind of the Swiss Army knife. He can fill a lot of different roles. 
Mets tendered him a contract worth close to $4 million through arbitration. I don't think that's something the old regime would have even considered, let alone done. He could be a very useful piece. So maybe getting into that opening night hodgepodge with McGill getting first crack at the Nats. Washington, by the way, counters with the New York State native Patrick Corbin, who last year had a high your eyes 9-16 record of 5.82 ERA. Corbin has seen his ERA rise and his strikeout per nine fall in each of the last four seasons. That's not uh, the perfect opening day guy for them. Some lineup notes for the game, which again has been pushed to 7 p.m. from 4 p.m. due to the threat of rain. Mark Canna will uh, maybe start in left field. He'll be the 13th different opening day left fielder the last 17 years for the Mets. Only Ioana Cespedes, Brandon Nemo, and Jason Bay have made multiple opening day starts in left since Cliff Floyd had four years straight out there. Eduardo Escobar should be the fifth different opening day third baseman in the last six years. David Wright at one point, 12 straight opening days before that. And Starling Marte, or whoever starts in right field, is going to be the 38th different opening day right fielder for the Mets. That's the most at any position. And you know the Mets offseason storylines. We just mentioned three of the newbies right there, Canna, Escobar, and Marte. But in a moment, a quick review of what this weekend's opponent has done. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. All right, so some off-season storylines for Washington, which, by the way, is promoting this series as Max Scherzer's return. And they're giving out Steven Strasburg World Series bobbleheads in the game Saturday. Wasn't that long ago Scherzer and Strasburg were for the Nats, what Scherzer and DeGrom hope to be for the Mets right now. But the Nats are retooling right now. They did sign Nelson Cruz to a one-year $15 million deal to DH. Father time is nowhere near Nelson Cruz, who's 41 now, coming off a 32-home run season. Originally a Met Nelson Cruz, believe it or not. Languished in A-ball, then was poached by the A's at the year 2000 trade deadline for Jorge Valandia. Yeah, the Nats are playing kind of fast and loose with the grace period given by fans after you win a title. 2019 seems like a decade ago, I'm sure, for these fans right now. Last place finishes the last two years in the NL East. But just like true Beltway insiders, there is a path back to prominence if they grease the right wheels. Kind of a house of cards thing there. Uh, Yeah, most of their good players from last year are gone. Scherzer, Turner, Schwarber. But they kept the best one, Juan Soto. And that's all that really matters, I guess. Doesn't really seem possible, but Soto keeps getting better. He's only 22 now. 
Hit 313 last year, 29 homers, a 999 OPS. Led the league in on-base percentage for a second straight year. Made his first All-Star team, won his second Silver Slugger. Finished second in MVP voting. He was barely old enough to, to have a drink. He is by far the star of this team. Avoid Soto, avoid a loss. That is a basic strategy until Cruz or Josh Bell beats you. So there you go, weather permitting tonight. McGill and company. And then Scherzer against his old mates on Friday, Bassett and Carrasco over the weekend. Enjoy this feeling of zero and zero and unbridled expectation while all this last year. There's nothing like opening that fresh tub of Play-Doh and inhaling that intoxicating scent. And that's what you get to do all day today. Because going forward, there is nothing new about 22. There are going to be statistics and history and things that cannot be undone. For right now, everything is a wonderful mystery. Not unlike the lyrics of Footloose back in the the late 1980s. I swear I thought they were saying to cut one loose. Here's a song we can all jam out to. The Mets in the Morning theme song playing us off courtesy of the Mets in the Morning house band. On keyboards, wasn't too long ago he was out there opening day. Ahmed Rosario slapping the bass. Carlos Gomez. The horn section... Kaz Matsui, got to throw him out there because he had a first pitch home run for the Mets against Atlanta not too long ago. That was quite the welcome. Oh, and by the way, on drums, that was Tyler Pill. Tyler Pill. This is Josh Lewin. A very happy new year to you. Enjoy this day despite the rain. And if you see Kevin Bacon, leave the man alone. Seriously. All right, see ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.